0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Minutes with Mute, presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. Special edition, Scott Mutrum, you know from the BI B.I.C.C. IMG Learfield Radio Network sideline reporter. Nice enough to join us here as the bowl game week is in play and uh, a lot of news with B.C. football. Kind of what we thought. Jeff Halfley's been named the head coach uh, for the team. Ohio State defensive coordinator. They had a tough loss the other day uh, to Clemson. Uh, so, you have to figure Jeff will be back in the Heights fairly quickly. Get going, Ruth, recruiting in that regard. Like to remind everybody, still time. If you're a BC football fan, be uh, join the BC Football Gridiron Club. And uh, they'll have a special bowl pregame festivities before the game down in Birmingham. So, that's uh, coming up this Thursday. Should be a fun game against Cincinnati. And with that, we're going to bring in Scott Mutrin, who joins us from the pool in Florida. Enjoying a couple of days off in the holiday break. First of all, Scott, thanks so much for the time. My pleasure, Mike. No better place to do a podcast than
1: sitting poolside in Florida.
0: <laughs> that much. No doubt about it. Here, I would do it. Well, we appreciate it. And um, so let, let quickly, I'd like to get your thoughts on the big game last night. Ohio State versus Clemson. Uh, down to the wire, back and forth, both teams. It's a shame, Scott, one team had to lose.
1: Yeah, it was a tough. It was a tough game. I, I think uh, you know Ohio State had had Clemson on the ropes early, and they just didn't put them away. You, you look at that, and they drop a screen pass that would have gone for a touchdown, and they just get a couple field goals after some red zone trips to start the game off there, and their inability to put the ball in the end zone there really let Ohio State hang around. And, when you let good teams hang around, they find a way to get get back into it. And once Clemson settled down and kind of got their feet underneath them, they they kind of showed the team, you know, that they're the national champion, returning national champions. And to beat to be the champ, you got to knock the champ out. And you know, Ohio State just wasn't able to do that. And I think a lot of that is a testament to Trevor Lawrence. You know, he hasn't spent a lot of his career being tested, and he really. That Ohio State team really tested him, and he got knocked around, and he got knocked out of the game for a play. And He showed some resilience, and he actually showed some uh, incredible uh, ability to use his feet. You haven't seen him do it a ton, but he was a big ball carrier for Clemson and a big factor in the run game with some huge runs uh, when Clemson needed it the most.
0: And, of course, now the connection with B.C. defensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinator, I should say, Jeff Hafley from Ohio State, named the B.C. head coach last week by Maren Jarman. We saw him a couple of times on the telecast, kind of cool. They got a shout-out to B.C. Uh, during the game. But uh, I guess your thoughts, Scott, initiating on the hire, and w- what's your overall take? Well, great
1: publicity for Boston College right there. Uh, to get to get that thrown out there in such a big team, such a big game, I think that's uh, nothing but positive. For, for the program and when when you look at where Boston College was and where they aspire to be and, and Mark Jarmond the the, the A D is his spoke he wants, you know, they're in a good place but they want to take that next step. And when you look at Jeff Halfley, he is a you know New Jersey guy. Um, he has you know recruited kids from you know at Pitt and at Rutgers there and he's coached in the NFL. He's he's highly regarded from people that, that I've spoken to say not only is he a very you know, good X's and O guys, but he's a really good person and a really good recruiter. And to tell you the truth, I think you know that's kind of what Boston College needed. After you know, you look at the last couple coaches. It's it's good to have a, a, a young, fresh face that comes in there and is going to bring that 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 excitement and that kind of new era for Boston College. And I, and I think that they it's something that they needed. I, I think it's something. It was it was time Steve dodge did you know good work there and revive the program from where it was, but I think Jeff Halfley was a great coach. I've heard nothing but good things, and it, it, you're excited to hear about that. A lot of the alums are excited to, to have a guy like this, and you know, one of the, the pet peeves I guess I had with a lot of things is when they talked about D.C. being, you know, everyone's dream job and the last job, well, I always felt that that was kind of, you know, a really unfair comment to make, because if you're, if you really truly want a successful coach, uh, you want someone to aspire to be the best, right? And everyone's like, well, they don't want to be a stepping stone job. Well, to tell you the truth, every every coaching job is a stepping stone job, except for the 32 in the NFL. If you if you have the ego to be a head coach in college football, you have the ego to be a head coach in in, in the NFL. So, if, if you don't have someone that has that ambition, then you're probably hiring the wrong guy to begin with. I mean, you know, guys say that, but you should want someone that other schools want, or another pro, you know, or the NFL wants, if you're doing that, then it shows you're hiring a quality coach that's well regarded and is a good teacher. Because so much of today in, in college football and even in the NFL is teaching. You don't have as much uh, practice times, not as many physical practices, so you got to be able to teach the players the game and it, you're, you're mostly a teacher and you're a motivator and you need to be able to do that. And I think that that's something that really needs to, to be shown here for Boston College. You have to have excitement with the program. And if someone comes knocking on your door in three years and wants to hire your coach, well, it shows that you hired the right guy to begin with. And that's something that you should you know, sh- sell and celebrate that stuff instead of trying to be like, well, we just want someone that wants to be at Boston
0: College for the rest of their life. You're right, in this day and age too, turnover and everything, any school, look at Ohio State, look at Oklahoma, all the schools, there's a lot of turnover. And if you tell me Jeff Hafley in 2024 is gone and BC's won the ACC in that four-year period, I'm sitting here in 2020 very happy knowing that would happen.
1: Right, exactly. It shows that you, you know, you've had a successful program, you, you've hired someone that, that knows how to recruit but yet knows how to coach. Uh, he's able to get the most out of his guys, and, and to be able to do that, to recruit and to be able to coach, that, that's the name of the game right now. And if someone finds and you know, wants to come knock it on your door and hire him at some other place, well, then it shows that you hired the right guy to begin with, and your process was the right process, so you're going to have to go do it again. Is it ideal? No. But in the end, you're going to get more and more quality candidates that want to come through that door if you do it that way.
0: And on that note, I think it's also interesting. Head Steve Coach, uh, he, excuse me, Head Coach Steve Adazio, a week later gets another job at Colorado State. So I think over time, and my guess is the people's opinions on Adazio will turn more favorable over time. Right now, I, I do think we need to give him some props. As you mentioned, from where he took over from Spaziani at two and ten to now seven and five, seven and six, he did a pretty good job over his stretch. Yeah, I,
1: you know, and. Coach Adazio, he was, was a very, very nice to me and, you know, did a good job. And he, he, you know, he dealt with some unfortunate situations, whether it's, you know, losing a quarterback in 2015 and having, you know, some, some young guys and having to replace, you know, his offensive line early on and playing guys that necessarily weren't ready to play early, but, you know, he battled and, and got a lot out of those teams, especially in his first couple of years when there, there wasn't a lot in the cupboard, and he really did a good job with that. And one other thing you could say is that he, he had good guys on the staff. He knew how to hire coaches. Look at the coaches he had on the staff. Tom Brown is doing a great job at Michigan. Anthony Campanelli, Al Washington.
0: Um, Ryan, Ryan Day. Ryan Day, who's the head coach at Ohio State.
1: You know, he was on, on Steve D'Azio's staff. He's had some great coaches. Um, on his staff and he's helped mentor some of those guys Justin Fry and other guys the offensive coordinator for UCLA. So if you're able to do that, that that's a testament to you know, to your ego to let other guys come in and, and be themselves and, and coach. But he's able to identify that. They just didn't, there just wasn't enough. You know, what I mean and if you look at it, if there was a nine win season mixed in there yeah, and yeah. I think last year was kind of I think last year was I think was the issue that kind of you know really resonated with everyone because last year's team should have been a nine to ten win team uh, with all that talent that ended up getting drafted or, or making it into the NFL, and with the season offense that was coming back to, to, to end up where they did last year was a disappointment. and I, I think that that, that kind of had a bad taste in the, alum, the alumni's uh, mouths and with the fans and the students and stuff like that. So, when, when you're fighting that after a certain amount of time, it's just You know, sometimes it's just it's best for both parties to move on. And I was happy to see Coach Dazio get another shot at Colorado State and to hopefully bring that program back um, and and where they need to go.
0: Now we look ahead to the BC staff. uh, The bowl game obviously this week and the assistants are coming on board. Obviously, you mentioned Scott, the uh, type of assistance Ryan Day, and Company, Don Brown have come to BC in the past. Do you think BC will keep that up with these drawing some top notch assistance in filling out the staff? Well, the one good thing
1: uh, that you can say for, with, in regards to your previous question about Steve Dazia, the fact that he got hired um, from Col- you know to Colorado State freed up some money that was available, and you know money's money's the name of the game, so that money's able to go into the bonus. You know, uh, better rates, and you're going to get guys to, to stay here. And you'll, you'll find out that a lot of people love Boston College. The coaches—it's it's, it's highly regarded. You know, Ryan Day speaks very highly of Boston College. Al Washington, obviously, he's an alum, but Anthony Campanelli does too. These people love Boston College, uh, and if, if you're able to pay your assistant coaches uh, market rates, they're going to want to stay here. If there's a lot to offer in the area, and the school, and everything. The for and what it means it, it, it has a great message so that is something that with that money that the, I think you're going to you're going to see uh, Jeff Halfley hire some quality assistants um, I'm not going to comment on some of the guys I've heard some names that have gone by and if these names are true or half of them are true I think the, the fans and the, alum are, the alumni are going to be very happy with what he's doing Um, hopefully a couple guys can can hang on that that were on the staff with Coach Adazio. I think there's some good BC guys on that staff you'd like to see there. Uh, But from what I've heard and preliminary names that I've heard out there, I think people should be excited and, and encouraged about uh, this, this new era of Boston College football
0: you know and that's a good point I always go back to you know where would you as an assistant where would you rather live Boston or Blacksburg Virginia or Clemson South Carolina you know you know there is something to be said for living in a major city and you know, flights and everything uh, in that regard that- as an assistant coach
1: when you're a college coach, you're, you're spending a lot of time in the office, so you're not really getting to take <laughs> the duck tours, the duck tours and going down to the north end and have dinner every night. So you're really concerned about how much it costs for you to live.
0: Yeah, that's and true.
1: Austin is not easy and cheap place to live, so that's something you fight because although it's not as desirable to live in Blacksburg, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to live there. And if you can save some money by, you know, your income... Uh, save some income and not have to pay as much in your mortgage, and then that, that goes a long way as well. Uh, so you, can, you know, kind of see both sides of it, but it is true. It's like when you have those moments to be able to be that close to such a big um, metropolitan city, there's not many opportunities like that. You know, you have, uh, have USD and UCLA um, in LA kind of yep. area. You got you know, Northwestern is not really in Chicago, but it's in the suburb, but, you know, yeah, there's close. no big college football in New York City, so there's really only four, you know, maybe four to five chances, and you can maybe... Miami. Texas in there, But Miami, yeah, but Miami, uh, that Coral Gables is on the outskirts, I don't know, even really consider that big. Like, there, there's some, you know, there's not many schools that can offer that big city feel to it, so, you know, that's Georgia something that, that Boston College can't offer, and if you're able to pay, you know, market rates or even above that, that's going to make your your job even more desirable because you do have a lot of you know access to media and you're able to, to 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 be there. Even if you're not the front page news, you're still in a big you know sports town.
0: Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm, based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Okay, that's a great segue to our last couple minutes here. We got the Birmingham Bowl coming up. You're flying down there. On Thursday, Rich Cannell is leading the charge. I guess. What's your take on how he's done the last couple of weeks as the interim coach, and uh, what can we expect from the Eagles? Obviously, no AJ Dillon playing this week, and they're playing a very difficult, tough Cincinnati team.
1: Yeah, this, this is going to be a very tough game. Cincinnati is a very, very good team. They really only lost to a talented, I think, mean, Memphis team and a very talented Ohio State team. Is that you know, as what you watched the championship games yesterday. Um, they're a hard-nosed team. Luke Fickle is a coach I hired, played against him when he was out of Ohio State. Um, he, you know, I like the way he, the way he coaches. I like the uh, the style of uh, football that, that Cincinnati plays. I think he's one of the up-and-coming big coaches that if you see a job open in the Big Ten in the next year or two, his name's going to be at the top of that list. Uh, I think that it's going to be a, a physical game, and I think Rich Cannell is – you know, maybe some guys that were a little uptight or didn't really like have the, the pressure of playing for Steve Adazio are gonna be able to let loose and play a little bit and to be able to go out there and just, you know, not worry, you know, just let their hair flow and just give it their best and see what happens. And it's also let's let's be honest, for a lot of these guys, they're coming back next year. So this is a stepping stone for for what you're gonna do next year. And Boston College has a lot of football players that are coming back on their two D. And this is their chance to make an impression for their coach, because he's now probably going to be there since, since Ohio State's done. So this is a chance to put some some game tape up there against a quality opponent that he's played against this year and to, to show something to your coach, to your new coach, is what you want to be. And there's guys that are, are going to have that opportunity. And it's, it, they should be excited. I think you're going to see some emotion. I think you're going to see some fun. And I think you're going to see, you know, the offense kind of let it loose a little bit. And then I think this defense is going to, you know, really kind of just play free and easy. And I, I so the two things I really want to say is coming out, we didn't really have a, po- a podcast after the pit game. Two things I really want to say coming out of this is you noticed how much difference Isaiah McDuffie ma- meant means to that defense. His presence in that pit game was overwhelming. He was everywhere on the field. He had, had I think, 13 tackles, two and a half sacks, three or four TFLs, and he was everywhere. He's such a difference maker, and that defense was just, he raised the entire level of that defense. You can't really discount how much his absence really hurt that defense this year, one. And then, two, the last chance to see A.J. Dillon play was such a treat and such a pleasure. The best running back in boston college history put it on his shoulders at the last couple drives of the game and basically said i'm going to do it this is what i'm going to do for my team he, everyone in the stadium knew he was getting the ball and he carried his you know his team to win there that defense for Pitt, which is a talented running defense one of the tops in the country had no chance of stopping him and his performance in that game it, it doesn't show with like you know, he did have a nice gaudy run, a long run, but that last drive, the, the ability to run through people and over people to carry his team and will his team to win was such an impressive effort and it's just something you would show running backs all over is to just if you if this is what it means to be a man and what it means to just sit back and when the whole team knows that you're getting the football to, to Job for your team, and it was such an impressive performance. I was happy and honored to, to see that on the field and just watch that. It was just, it was just incredible.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Well said, Scott, Scott. Are you surprised he's not playing the bowl game, or do you think it's it's uh, I mean, a good decision?
1: He, he has nothing more to prove. He's done. He's done it badly and that was his. It, that was his kind of sign-off moment. There's just nothing more that he can or needs to do to prove himself to the NFL, to his teammates, to anybody else. What he did in that, that game was a great send off. His three years at Boston College, he played last year pretty much on one leg. And for him to, to leave the school where he is, and the all time leading rusher, and the all time uh, rushing touchdown leader, he has nothing more to prove. It's time for him to, to go take his talent Sundays. And I'm excited to see what his future in the NFL brings. And I know it's a different league and more passing and stuff, but uh, I think A.J. Dillon and his as a person is a great person as a player is phenomenal. And I'm, I'm anxious to see how he does. And I was honored to be on the field to watch his last performance. against Pitt Because that's something I'm going to tell people for a long time that I was there and got to see.
0: All right, Scott, any final thoughts before Birmingham? What's your travel plans like? Any uh, food options down the South?
1: Well, I'm coming in game day, so I don't know if I'm going to have that much time to go get some barbecue. I heard there's some good places there. Maybe I'll get some out pregame, but right now I'm just going to enjoy a couple sunsets in the nice warm weather of Florida. <laughs> uh, enjoy that. Spend some family time. I was just left Cleveland to see my folks, so uh, it's uh, it's nice to be able to see family in this time. I'd say to everybody, enjoy your family. Uh, you know, you know, enjoy the moments that they have. They go fast, so embrace um, them and enjoy them that's what i'm doing gonna uh have some dinner with fam and uh go just uh you know enjoy being a dad and enjoy these these, these last couple moments of freedom before
0: uh you know the 2020 the new decade comes in yeah you're right you know on that note you got me thinking about family how sad was it the lsu uh defense coordinator's daughter-in-law passed uh, away in yeah, moved to the game sad. you it's know so sad i don't know how he coached that game huh?
1: Well, we also had, you know, since our last podcast, the passing you know, of Pete Brady who is you yep. know, such an inspiration to so many people and such a, an amazing testament to, to, a, to a life in which he lived and how he lived it and what he did uh, for, you know, for ALS and the, the amount of money he's raised and the progress that, that they've made. Uh, you know, people don't need to be here for a long time to have a, a massive impact on this world and, you know. It's what matters is when you leave this world, what you left here. And his legacy is something that will be around forever. And when they hopefully find a cure for ALS, his name's going to be on there. And it's pleasure to have met him, honor to have met him, to uh, to see what he he did and left behind is a uh, is an amazing, amazing feat. And how he looked at that disease and refused to let it get the best of him, and, and live his life, and not not let that get the most of him. and you know what a. What a great, what a great man! What a great legacy! and What a great, you know, man for others. Which is the Boston College model. So I mean, nothing better.
0: You're right, and that's what I, you know. That's really, that's more important than the games, the bowl games, the coaches. Everyone comes and goes, but you're right. Those the BC, the alums. I think of a Dick Kelly who worked at BC for many years. Yeah. SID,
1: well, one of my favorite, mm-hmm. one of my favorite humans. Uh, in, in my worst times, he was there for me and helped me, you know, face. Faced the tough times with integrity and class, yet challenged me and was a, you know, a supporter no matter what, and it's what you do when people aren't looking that tells you the type of person you are, and, you know, Dick Kelly was was that type of guy, and Pete Pete Frady's was that as well, so it's just honored to, you know, to share BC with those guys and humbled to, you know, to be a part of that, but it's, it's great to, it's great to be a part of something as amazing as that. It's bigger than, you know, bigger than yourself. And it's, it's something that, uh, that will be remembered forever.
0: All right, Scott. Well, hopefully we'll remember this bowl game coming up forever too, as well on Thursday. Yeah, Good you know, luck. The Eagles can get out there and get a W and give Rich Cannell a nice little
1: victory in his, uh, in his holster. And, uh, and bringing the, the Jeff Halfley era, which everyone is excited for. These tickets are going up. The, the energy is going to be there. And if I say something, to, you know, if you saw his press conference, you know, his thing was like, get in. If you're not in right now, I'm going to tell you to get in because it's going to be a great ride. So <laughs> I, I'm excited and I hope everybody else is. I think I think we got a good one here and, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to Boston College.
0: All right, Scott. Minutes with Mew. We're in. We'll be watching Thursday. Happy to have you on board and Thank you for joining us from the Sunshine State. Absolutely, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, Mike. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC Alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Imaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at ChestnutHillTechnologies.com. That's ChestnutHillTechnologies.com.